You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1087 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Monday evening into Tuesday. And thank you, as always, for making the Locked On Hawks podcast your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Today's podcast will focus on what became a 125-99 to loss for the Hawks in Miami in the preseason opener. Not the greatest performance overall from Atlanta, including an injury to Trey Young that we'll get into momentarily, um, it's not, not necessarily a disaster. It's one of those things where it's an exhibition game. Uh, would it have been better if they played well? Absolutely. But at the same time, it's uh, one you can kind of cross off and uh, make notes about and make observations from, but not going to change the uh, trajectory of the franchise at this point in time, at least as long as Trey Young is healthy. So we'll dive in now to some pregame thoughts and then get into the game flow. If you're a new listener to the podcast, I will take a big picture and then also a, um, a small picture approach to all of these games. Talking about what you're inspired, what I saw, what I observed, and then uh, sort of the game flow kind of things and stats, etc. And we'll break it all down as we always would on the podcast. So before the game, Nate McMillan talked about the fact that he wanted to have 10 or 12 guys play some real minutes in this game. Ended up being 10 um, rotation minutes. Then the fourth quarter was kind of uh, extended garbage time with uh, the rookies getting in, etc. And actually everybody that was active ended up playing, but it was for the most part through three quarters, a 10-man rotation. Um, he did say the final preseason game, which is actually uh, not until next Thursday at home against Miami, but that will be sort of the preseason tune-up, their most like dress rehearsal kind of thing, where they play a closer to regular rotation. So look forward to that as something to circle later on next week. And then also he sort of gave the players that were going to start and play a bunch in this game sort of a cap of like 20 to 24 minutes. Nobody went over that. It was very obviously in place where they weren't going to play anybody beyond that. Um, they started the three logical starters of Trey Young, Bogdan Madonovich and John Collins alongside Gorgie Jang and Cam Reddish. Um, as a reminder from yesterday, um, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, and Clint Capella all out for this game, as well as Anika Kongwu. So they're down, you know, four rotation guys at this point, including two starters for sure in Hunter and Capella, and some more t- and obviously some rotation guys in Herter and Kongwu. Uh, Miami was actually not full strength either. They actually played without Jimmy Butler in this contest, a healthy scratch for Jimmy. And our friends about online actually made the Hawks a three-point underdog in this game. Now, obviously, uh, it's a little bit funny to talk about lines in the preseason because you don't know who's going to play and all that stuff, but I always want to pass that along to you. And our friends at BOL are fantastic, so there you go on that. Um, before we dive into like what actually transpired um, game flow-wise, I'll just say this broadly speaking at the top of the podcast. Uh, defense was a problem. In this game, they did not play very well defensively. We'll come back to that as a theme, but particularly in the first half, they allowed 74 points, and it was not exactly a fluke. There was some good shot making from Miami, to be sure, but not a lot of attention to detail um, on point of attack defense or uh, obviously missing Clint Capella and Okongwu near the rim, but Gorgie Jang and others had some issues around the rim, sort of providing resistance. So defensively, not their best effort. Offensively, it was not great either. It was sort of dragged down a little bit by the fourth quarter and uh, garbage time. It was better than that before, but not their best on that end of the floor either. So, broadly speaking, the biggest thing um, is the Trey Young injury updates, and we'll talk. We'll actually have some audio later on in the podcast from uh, from Trey Young himself talking about this. He was actually asked by Sarah Spencer of the AJC about his quad injury, but the Hawks announced that he actually left with a quad contusion. 
and Nate McMillan did not have an official update at this point in time, but that is the number one focus. Uh, you know, he seemed pretty upbeat, Trey did. Uh, not going to be a long-term injury, and we'll, I'll let you hear that from him later on in the podcast. But beyond that, it was ugly defensively. It was not the greatest uh, detailed performance from the Hawks, and Miami just kind of played harder. Uh, that was a sentiment that McMillan shared. I think Gallinari shared as well, and they were not necessarily matching that intensity on this night. So we uh, just want, want to kind of cross off in some ways, but we'll get into the observations that might play into the future and uh, the rest of the season, etc. But first, before I get into the game flow, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is DirecTV. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite TV shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all of the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like they've never been before. So you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So you can get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses so that upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, this podcast started out at a pretty low level. Now it's at a much higher level, and we're not going to stop there because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. Like mine, Shopify powers over 1.7 businesses from first scale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and much more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of your conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Connect with your customers, drive sales, manage your day-to-day, and Shopify also instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. Shopify has thousands of integrations with third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots to and beyond. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success, and do it all in one place. Go to shopify.com slash lockedonmba, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash lockedonmba right now. That's shopify.com slash lockedonmba. All right, so we'll dive in now to the first quarter of this contest. Obviously, uh, starters versus starters for the most part. Uh, in the first quarter, it was pretty competitive. It was back and forth at the outset. Bogdanovich started the uh, scoring off with a pull-up three. He is not shy of shooting and uh, set the tone from that early on. And then Miami had a 12-0 run that kind of broke the game open a little bit. At least the Hawks did respond once from there. But it was a 12-0 run in about 100 seconds. The Hawks had some turnovers, a uh, bad shot, and also some bad transition defense in the course of that run. As I said before, point of attack defense was definitely a problem in this game. And Miami's not exactly known for their offense. That's the, kind of the craziest thing about this is that the Heat are a defense first team to be sure you know playing without Butler they're a little bit more free-flowing but Tyler Hero got wherever he wanted in the first quarter Kyle Lowry is very good of course but uh not as if they gave up 74 points to the Brooklyn Nets in the first half Miami's like a average at best offense probably this season long so that's not exactly the greatest thing in the world Trey Young started slow missed his first five shots the first one was a long two then he sort of talked about looking into uh, making that more frequently uh, an approach for him this season but 
His first make after missing the first five was sort of on his trademark floater, which was good to see him knock one of those down. The first real highlight of the season so far for the Hawks was a lob uh, on an inbounds play from Trey to John Collins for a dunk. Kind of fittingly, those two guys had that great connection. Um, Cam Reddish had a nice pop play defensively against Kyle Lowry. He got a turnover and then got a deflection on the next trip on the next trip as well. That helped to lead a 7-0 run for the Hawks to tie the game at one point. Rotationally, they went to Gallinari as the first sub. No surprise there. He is their super sub of sorts, especially right now without Herter available. Um, and then they went to DeLon Wright and Lou Williams and Solomon Hill as the uh, next wave. And then they actually played Gallinari at the five for a little bit of time. Um, and then they, that did not last too long. They brought in Okafor from there to provide that little bit, a little bit more size on the front court. Um, we'll come back to that in a second in terms of rotation stuff. But I thought DeLon Wright played pretty well. A couple of nice flashes from him. Lou actually made his first four shots and got one of his patented off-dribble pull-ups off to uh, going to his left, which is something he's done forever and ever, basically. They played 10 guys in total in the first quarter and, again, by the way, in the first three quarters overall. Uh, McMillan did say over the weekend, as I said on yesterday's podcast, that he sort of planned to play the veterans more in this game, whereas he was going to lean on the younger guys on Wednesday back at home. That stayed true. You know, the second unit in this game was basically all vets. It was it was Lou and Delon. It was uh, it was Gallinari. It was Okafor and Solomon Hill. So that's about as uh, as opposite as a lot of teams would go in a preseason game. Normally, you would think exhibition. You might lean on the young guys. That was not the case, was not the case in this game. They went a little bit. They went a little bit older, a little bit more established on that backup unit in this contest. Uh, as I said before, uh, Hero had 16 points in the first quarter. That's pretty bad. Trey was Trey was aggressive. Actually, the non-Trey guys were 10 to 14 from the floor in the first quarter, which was pretty good. They played pretty fast in terms of pace, which is not what the Hawks want to do under McMillan necessarily. Wonder if that was sort of was a, a negative impact in this game overall. But um, we'll go from there to the second quarter. Of course, they stay with that veteran-heavy backup unit. To start the quarter with uh, that you know, Williams, Wright, Hill, Gallinari, Okafor uh, unit itself. Uh, Gallo, I thought, looked really good and kind of spry in this game. He's he one of the few bright spots, I thought, overall. Had this beautiful spinning, faking finish um, through contact for a three-point play that was sort of on brand for him. I thought he moved well. Last year, I thought he was not in the greatest shape early in the season. He looks much better, a little bit, little bit trimmer, a little bit more uh, explosive, at least by his standards at this point in time, which is good to see. Um, Lou was hot as well. They went, they went back to young Bogdanovich and Reddish with about eight minutes to go in the first half. Kim actually had a nice off-movement jump shot. Um, probably settled for a couple, a couple more than I would have liked uh, off the dribble with his shooting in this game, but obviously when it, when it looks good, it looks really good when he makes shots. Then, of course, had some uh, lower moments, got blocked over by Kayla Martin, and then had a couple of, I would say, forced jump shots along the way, some ball handling stuff as well. Um, there was a 15-3 run by the Heat late in the first half to kind of break it open, and the defense kind of crested in terms of its awfulness at that point in time with the lead getting uh, larger for the Heat. And then they led to uh, sort of being down by 16 points at the half. Uh, Miami had 13 threes in the first half. That's a ton. There was some bad defense in there, but obviously credit to them for making a bunch of shots. They do have some good shooters with Hero and Robinson, etc. Um, the Hawks offensively were okay. They actually shot 68% on twos and had some good rebounding in the first half, but um, under 30% from three and 13 turnovers before halftime is going to fuel the opposition, opposition as well offensively. Um, and for the most part, they played the starters a lot, like 16 minutes-ish ish in the first half, uh, knowing that they were going to have to pe- sort of pedal off after halftime, and uh, we'll get into that momentarily. Um, before we get into the second half, though, and some overall takeaways from this preseason game, a word from our sponsors, and the first of which is our friends at betonline.ag. 
BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes right now are on the gridiron with football teams across the country back on the field starting another season. And as always, BetOnline is the number one spot for all the professional and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more props, odds, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for all things football. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device on today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double, yes, double, your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. That is promo code NFL100 to have that double your initial deposit. For football, basketball, boxing, and all of your favorite casino games, as well as golf, tennis, baseball, MMA, etc., don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for you right now and throughout the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we'll get into the second half now. And uh, same starters for the Hawks. Miami kind of pulled off a little bit without Lowry and Bam after halftime. And the headliner, of course, is the injury to Trey Young in the third quarter. So he sort of took a hard fall after colliding with Gabe Vincent near the half court line um, pretty early in the third quarter. Went to the locker room almost immediately. Got a t- technical foul actually on the way out because he was. I, th- I think he thought he was fouled and he was fouled. Uh, it was uncalled. Um, and then quickly, I would say very quickly, from by you know NBA standards, he was ruled out. Obviously, there is every reason to be cautious with Trey Young, and with really anybody at this point in the, in the preseason. Um, McMillan did not have a full update on his status, but he did say that he was simply told that Young couldn't come back, and that even if he had been cleared to come back in, he was not going to put Trey back in, which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, now is where I will play for you the audio. The question that you're, you'll, you'll hear is from Sarah Spencer at the AJC. You'll hear what how, what Trey Young had to say about how he's feeling post-quad injury. How's your quad feeling? Um, and I guess just kind of what happened with it. It looked like you might just kind of have gone down funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's in pain a little bit right now for sure. Uh, I hit his brace. So, like, uh, it was more his knee and his brace. So, like, um, I don't know. I kind of... He was, uh, it wasn't nothing intentional on his end, um, but I, he was being very aggressive, you know, I mean, very aggressive. And I, I just did a, a spin move to try to get the ball to bogey. And uh, he was just continuing to move forward with uh, being aggressive. And he just kind of caught me with that, that left knee in his brace. So uh, it just kind of got me really good. Are you able to, I saw you walk back to the locker room. Are you able to walk on it, but it's just something where it's discomfort and, and some pain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's got a little bit, um, a little bit of swelling in it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely got hit pretty hard, but it's gonna be. I'm gonna be all right. It's nothing, nothing gonna be out for for a while, but I'll be, I'll be good. Trust me. So there you go on that. Obviously, all caution the rest of the way. It would not surprise me if they were very, very careful with Trey Young. A contusion is not the worst thing in the world. At the same time, the Hawks don't open for about two and a half weeks in the regular season, so. If he was up for the preseason, I wouldn't be surprised. If he played again, I wouldn't be surprised either. So it's all about how that feels in the next couple of days. You know, Wednesday, him playing would kind of surprise me. Again, I'm, I'm guessing we don't know anything that I'm not sharing with you already but with, between McMillan and Trey Young. But given that it's a 48-hour or less turnaround with travel, I'd be kind of surprised if Trey played Wednesday. But we'll see what happens between now and then. And clearly, uh, the long term is the more important thing with that injury. But fortunately, not a knee, nothing like serious, you know, a, a contusion like that. He should be back in relatively short order as long as it's not anything crazy. Um, from there, they brought in DeLon Wright, and then they kind of pivoted towards the bench for the most part. 
go back to Gallinari as the first sub for Gorgie Jang again, playing with Collins. Um, actually, Hawks had, a, had their one final run in the third quarter, cutting the lead down to 11, but then when, within pretty short order, is back to 20, and that was kind of it. As soon as the second unit came back in the game, that was kind of the end of the night for the Hawks. Um, minutes limits kind of arrived third, in the third quarter midway through, and that was uh, all benched the rest of the way. Um, some observations, like player-wise, like Okafor, Hurt them defensively quite a bit in this game. We, I'll obviously do a sort of write-up at the end, but um, that was a, that was a little bit shaky with the rebounding as well. Um, in the fourth quarter, they kind of went to the full um, guys who did not play before that. They played 10 guys with perfect quarters. They had to actually had to expand that. Um, they started Jalen Johnson in the fourth, the Hawks' first-round rookie, along with Sharif, um, sorry, not Sharif Cooper, along with Skylar Mays, TLC, and Johnny Hamilton in there with DeLon Wright. And then about 90 seconds later, they brought in Sharif Cooper for DeLon Wright. So it was all the young guys down the stretch, uh, Jalen Johnson got fouled on a jump shot right away and actually made some free uh, split, split, split his free throws at the line. Had a nice outlet pass later on to Skylar Mays that ended up in a bucket. Sharif had sort of an uneasy start. He actually airballed his first three and then had a pretty bad pick six turnover at the top of the key that led to a layup and a run out for Miami. But he actually uh, made up for that later on with the off-glass lob in transition. That was kind of the highlight of the night for Hawks fans. I know was the Cooper to Johnson um, you know, glass lob dunk. That was obviously fun to watch in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Um, they actually played Jalen at the five a little bit, playing with, uh, as soon as they brought A.J. Lawson in for Johnny Hamilton. Those are the two Exhibit 10 guys for the Hawks. And sort of similar to Summer League in that aspect, playing smaller because Miami was able to not play a huge center in their own right. So not a whole lot to get into in the fourth quarter, honestly. There wasn't a lot to observe from that, other than it was kind of a Summer League kind of feel down the stretch of that game. Um, Post-game, McMillan talked about how they have – um, some work to do on both ends of the floor. I would agree with that, obviously. Some conditioning stuff they want to work on. Shot selection was questionable in Nate's mind. I, I think I would agree with that overall. Um, he also said he plans to play Jalen and Sharif in particular more on Wednesday back in Atlanta. And that Cam Reddish will play in all four games as they're trying to get him some more um, activity on the floor after some long layoffs and not playing a ton last season. Um, player for player... You know, I'm not going to do the entire breakdown. Normally, on a regular season game, I would go through all the game flow and more stats and more um, analytics and metrics and that kind of stuff, and it's not really worth it at this point in time. Obviously, the score paints a picture of the Hawks' offense and defense, both, both kind of struggling in this game. Um, some individual observations, though. I mentioned Gallinari looking spry. He was active. You know, Solomon Hill kind of did Solomon Hill things. Um, I mentioned Okafor, but I'll say it again. He is uh, struggling. He had four fouls in 13 minutes. Defensively, it's a noticeable drop-off, and then the rebounding, or lack thereof, is pretty stark with him. Did have two assists along the way. Um, Lou Williams looked good, I thought. Looked active. Looked like he was in game shape and ready to go. Uh, DeLon Wright looked good. I think that he is a professional, obviously. I love that signing, or it's not my signing, it was, a, it was a trade, but the acquisition of DeLon Wright, I think he's going to fit in very, very well, and you probably see him a little bit more um, in non-point non guard situations, like playing with Trey, etc. I thought that was interesting that they, that they played Lou and DeLon together a lot in this game. Um, TLC was 0-4 from, from the floor, so obviously it's not great, um, but a small sample size and didn't play a ton in the meaningful portion of the game. Mays was active, uh, lost at two threes off the bench. Um, Bogey was very aggressive, which I like. You know, famously he took he took and made a ton of threes down the stretch last year. His volume went way way up. In this game, is four thirteen from three and two of sorry four thirteen from the floor and two of nine from three in this game in twenty three minutes. So nine three point attempts in twenty three minutes is a ton. He had four steals, also three assists. I thought he looked fine. You know, the, the shot going in is not going to be a concern with, with Bogdanovich. He's a great shooter, so good to see that aggressiveness. Uh, Trey took 15 shots in 18 minutes before before the injury, so he was not shy 
in this game whatsoever. 4 of 10 on twos, 1 of 5 on threes. Had four turnovers and only three assists, but I thought he looked fine for the most part. Effort-wise, not his like full dialed-in self, but obviously it's the opener of the exhibition slate, so I'm not really concerned about that. Um, Gorgie Jang, five rebounds. Looked a little bit, probably a half-step slow in some regards. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think he was great. Obviously, you know, in the perfect world, Capella is back and healthy. I think you wouldn't want to play Gorgie 25, 30 minutes a night. Even if, even if Capella was out, you could probably piece it together with John Collins and Gallinari at the front court and uh, use Jang in sort of a similar, smaller role. But I thought he was fine. Uh, worth noting that it wasn't a great matchup for him. Miami does play smaller. Bim Adebayo is a tough cover for any traditional center, which Gorgie pretty much is at this point. So I think he'd be. I think Jang would have more use against a bigger, more physical, like traditional center than Bam. So it's a tough one for him to start out with. Um, Reddish, six points and uh, three of seven from the floor. Oh, three from three. So three of four on twos. Some highs, some lows. Um, kind of the camera, kind of the camera experience. Um, he was active for the most part defensively, but offensively, um, you know, hit and miss, I will say. Uh, he has some time to get his looks underneath him from this point forward. And I thought John Collins was very good, actually. 14 points, 9 rebounds in 22 minutes. He was efficient. He plays hard always, uh, you know, gets, gets, up, gets up for dunks, rebounds, uh, runs the floor hard, etc. Uh, back, back in his home in South Florida. So um, that's sort of a, a quick overview. Obviously, I will do more in terms of individual breakdowns as games uh, gain in meeting. But this is kind of an all-over-the-place kind of game. No worry, though, to me that they played the uh, Vets on the second unit. We'll see how Nate handles um, things on Wednesday, particularly without Trey Young. Maybe you'll see a lot more Sharif Cooper, of course. Um, but, again, McMillan sort of said pregame that the game to circle in terms of making some takeaways on the rotation in particular probably is going to be that final game next week against Miami back in Atlanta. So circle that one. But between now and then, we'll have a home game Wednesday and a play to get into on the podcast. So, um, hopefully that covers it on this fine Monday evening into Tuesday. Again, if you're a new listener, I will go into more depth when games are mattering, but not the greatest night of the office for the Hawks overall. A 26-point loss is not what anybody drew up, but I will remind everyone this is a game that does not mean anything whatsoever, and uh, that is important context at this point in time. And uh, fingers crossed on Trey Young's quad, and uh, that's the biggest story, unfortunately, for everyone coming out of this game. We'll get into that more as there are updates in the coming days. So please subscribe to the podcast. Check out the entire Locked On Podcast Network and make this podcast, Locked On Hawks Podcast, your first listen each and every day. And check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, all those places that you can find us around the internet, as well as on Twitter at Locked On Hawks. You can find me on Twitter at BT Roland. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time.